2: run walk-off home run, Manny Machado. Infield in for the Cubs, 2-2 to Manny. Swung on base, hit in the left field, and there it is. Career hit number 1,500.
3: For Manny Machado, it's an RBI single to give the Padres a one 0 lead in the first inning. And Machado oh.
2: swings, hits it to the air, deep down the left field line. This one's gonna go. Fifth hit of the night for Manny is the biggest.
3: We wanted some breaking news on our show yeah, this we week, got it now. and we just got it. Yeah. So,
4: uh, uh, best friends for you life. You got it. <laughs> Maybe some more to come. Who knows
3: <laughs> Maybe. I like that. I like that. It's
4: just Manny.
3: Monday. <laughs>
2: Dude, I should have put a little, put a little
3: more pep in that one. Manny! Manny. <laughs> Manny.
2: Manny. Just another Manny, Manny Monday. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> who wrote that song? Uh, you know, it was actually Prince who wrote Look that song. Look at you. He's learning, dude. He's learning. Even dude. though it, He's was, learning. Uh, it was performed by the bangle take
3: on woods no, the bangle, has really helped you expand your musical horizon it has it really to, has
2: we're going to play a game in just a couple of minutes here with a brand new prize let me tell you about it entice you to call in at 833-288-0973 titillate me after more than four decades together 38 special remains a fan favorite you can see them live in concert april 28th at the international theater at the westgate las vegas resort and casino beat woods you will qualify for a trip to Las Vegas, including two tickets to the show and a two-night stay at the Westgate Las Vegas. 38 Special? 38 Special, Woods. 38 Special.
3: 38 Special. Hold on don't, don't let, let go. go. That
2: song kicks ass. Sorry. What else did they sing? I don't know, but, I mean, who cares? You get free tickets and a trip. I'd go for just that song and walk out. You better hope they play it early. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's in the encore. Oh, all right. We got one more. You know what it is. Hey, you know what? Show up very, very late and just say, you know what? I'm just here for the last seven. just, the hey, can you guys
3: just get to hold on loosely, please, so that I can go back and gamble and do drugs and party, please, in Vegas?
2: Well, if you want to, Take On Woods, you can call in. We're going to play in about ooh, seven minutes 833 288 097. They have
3: other hits, right, Paulie? They must. Hold on loosely.
2: Racking my brain. So the 38th special category of Take on Woods that I have is set up for today. might be a tough one for the you.
0: Caught
4: up in you would be oh, their next. Oh, I'm so caught up in you, little
3: girl. Creepy. Uh, little
4: Second girl. chance.
3: Second chance. Rocking
4: I into the night.
3: Oh. oh. Nope.
2: All right.
4: Well, I enjoy was, the um, show, guys. So
2: I was, I was very pleasantly surprised, and I get it. It's early in spring training. But I was pleasantly surprised at the pitching that I saw this weekend. Even though none of the Padres' top starters have thrown an inning yet in a Cactus League game, uh, it's been mostly... We saw Nick Martinez, Seth Lugo, Julio Tehran yesterday. I've been very impressed so far, but from what I've seen from the San Diego Padres' pitching rotation and the depth, which was a big question mark so far. I know it's early. It's one weekend, but... Um I like the direction I- that it is headed. I feel encouraged at the moment.
3: I feel that that is a proper way to feel. I do. I-, I feel the exact same way. I I didn't see much to uh to be disappointed about this weekend. I I saw a lot of of guys that are up for a job, busting their ass to try to win the job in Jose Azokar and David Dahl both having, you know, pretty good ABs and and putting together some pretty decent uh um base running and things like that guys that are you know driving in runs and you know of course your your regulars Manny Soto uh Nelly Cruz got into the act yesterday in an in an offensive just explosion against the D-backs um that was a fun one Trent Grisham hitting a massive bomb uh was was a lot of fun to see but yeah if you want to talk pitching Ben Tehran I thought looked really really sharp um I like Lugo on the mound as well um, and who was the first one that threw? It was Nick Martinez. Yeah, I was I was at that game. Yeah, struck
2: out four. He gave up some base runners yeah. and some hits, but got out of it with some strikeouts. Yep, I was at that game. Uh, he looked good. I didn't get to see Groom
3: throw. We had to leave, so I saw... He looked um, good, too. I saw Weathers, and Weathers, Weathers got... Weathers looked good. He got charged with a loss, but he was... It was an error. It was yeah, unearned, unearned runs. Unearned yep. runs on Soto. But he was, uh, according to Twitter, pumping 97-98. <laughs> so that was pretty good from the left side. I mean, you're talking about a, a, a Game 1... St- you know, game one appearance—that's
2: something to build on for sure. Which leads me to my proposition I teased at the top of the hour: uh, a way that the Padres, if they wanted to get oh, no. under the salary, third salary, luxury tax level, could shed a little salary because they might have to do it anyway. With the number of guys who could be options in the bullpen, remember, with a six-man rotation, you only get seven guys in your bullpen. It's already, it's already overloaded down there, and. We've seen a couple of guys who should be fighting for those last bullpen spots. We haven't seen yet in a Cactus League game Drew Pomeranz, but mm-hmm. we saw him pitching on the side, you know, on, on the mounds at, at Peoria at the sports complex last week and and looking very good. If he gets into a few spring games, I don't know that the Padres guaranteed have a spot for him or would have the time necessarily to to bring him along, but he might have some interest in some other clubs. and. Uh, he's making uh, eight and a half million, I think, is his luxury tax number, and ten million overall this year. If you could get something for Drew Pomeranz, get some interest in that guy, I feel like it may just open the door for some some pitchers who might be able to throw some more innings than Drew Pomeranz this year. Uh, you know, allow you to use those positions just as effectively, but possibly. Maybe unload Drew. I'm not saying so it that I would want to be, get rid of him. But it
3: would be it would be essentially a salary dump. Essentially, you, yeah, you might be able to get you know a, a, prospect, a prospect,
2: some something back,
3: some for low A him. guy. But or you something. may have
2: to trade some of your your pitching depth that's not going to make it. For instance, Julio Tehran, you know, and I don't know if he's going to look as good as he did yesterday all through spring training. But if you don't have a spot for him on the roster at at the start of the season, somebody he, will want him. He can opt out and go to somewhere else that will give him a major league deal. So. If you don't give him a spot you essentially lose him for absolutely nothing or you could trade another guy and save a spot for for a couple of those guys at the back end who can eat some innings, you know, might be able to go multiple innings. I can't I can't picture Drew Pomeranz at this stage being more than a one-inning guy and probably a one-inning every other every 2 to 3 days guys. He's coming back. Can you really taxi a guy on your bullpen all season long that's not going to be as built up as some of the other players? No. You know, if he's willing to go minor league rehab for a month or two and, and build back up, sure, that's that. That could be you know a guy that you'd like to have on a, on a pennant race. But it's I think there's also the possibility that the Padres are going to have to make some trades anyway, uh, because they have so much depth right now that's going to be attractive to other teams.
3: Again, yeah, I mean I like where your head's at certainly, uh, but you know we are all junior GMs as AJ Preller. Uh, has let us know that uh, he he listens to to Ben and Woods during the trade deadline. He likes to hear what Paul has to say. Uh, he has a bunch of junior GMs in the clubhouse. Manny, I think, probably is your biggest junior GM. Um, and and so yeah, I mean, but we're only a few days in. Um, so much can happen, as you know. I would hate to I would hate to unload a couple of guys just because we think we're deep, and then guess what? We're not deep anymore. So go into now the opt out for Tehran is is interesting because. Um, that means that he just opts out, and you get nothing for him. He just opts yeah. out, and he goes. Yeah, if he's Martin, not on the yeah. big
2: league squad yeah. for opening day. Now he can say, I'll, "I'll go down to the minors for a while sure. and see how it's looking." But if there's another team going, we could use a Julio Tehran right now on our big league roster. He can leave the you know the second spring training ends if he's not on the Padres' twenty six man roster. Yep. go to another team, and I'm not saying you change everything for Julio Tehran. He's obviously a you know he's kind of a bit of a flyer. A comeback you know, proposition of of whether he's going to even be able to pitch at this level or not anyway, but I, he's just one of a number of guys. Jay Groom, Ryan Weathers, It's kind of Sean, it's, we saw some guys like Sean Poppin that they said yep. he looked good uh, this weekend as well. I mean, you've got some options down there right now.
3: It's just, it's kind of smart business to just hoard right now. Just hoard as much as you can, and, and that's why, I mean, you guys all saw the report of who was throwing on Friday. We had no idea. Did you guys hear? Ken Giles. Remember him? He was down throwing in, in for the Padres on Friday, so uh, I, don't, I didn't even know that they had have they added him. Was this a showcase? I have no idea. But Ken Giles, another guy that's closed at the big league level, he's a guy that is on the comeback trail as well. This doesn't hurt you really at all to try to you know hoard as many of these guys as you can, and then maybe you could filter a couple guys out around the league uh, for for some low A prospects or something like that, help restock your farm. Um, but I, it's it's not something I'd, I'd worry about now. Not that you're worrying about not, it, not. but but you know what I'm saying. It's uh, it, Right now, let's let's use them all.
2: See what they have. We'll talk more about these weekend's games, specifically the pitch clock rules, the, just the pace and feel of the games. I'm curious to hear what the Tier 1s have to say. Uh, we'll get to that after Don't Do This at the bottom of the hour. Right now, though, let's get to our first game of the week. The camera follows Woods as he walks out the door. <laughs> just, uh, you can see, for real, he is gone. Let's, let's play some Take on Woods.
4: It's time for Take On Woods. Take On Woods. Take On Woods.
2: All right, we got Joe on the line as our contestant this morning. Hello, Joe. How are you? Great.
4: Happy Manny
2: Monday. Happy Monday to you. And uh, you've got a chance to be our first qualifier, new prize. Uh, technically, it's not March yet, but we're considering this the first week of March. Got the 38th special trip to the Westgate, Las Vegas. Uh, you have to just beat or tie woods and we'll give you the advantage of picking the category now, Uh, here are your choices Uh, we still have I chart on there five bands or artists that begin with the letter I ain't it grand, Uh, those are song titles including the word ain't and our new category today walking the walk five song titles that begin with the word walking, so of those three Joe, I chart ain't it grand or walking the walk, what would you like to play I'll go with I-Chart. I-Chart. All right. Uh, this one's been sitting there for a little while. It's five bands and artists that begin with the letter I. You'll have 60 seconds to try to answer as many as possible. Pass if you don't know one. We'll come back if there's time still remaining at the end. And we also have our two-second song to start with. You have to identify both the title and the artist uh, to score the point on that one. You'll get your score. Woods, you'll come back in. Same questions without the category. And if you beat or tie him, we will put you into the drawing for Las Vegas. All right, Joe, you ready to play? Let's go. All right, the category is I chart. Your time begins when Paul plays the music. Good luck, Joe. Let's take on Woods. Ice Cube, uh, good day. Today was
4: a good day. It was a
2: good day. Good enough. It's Time was the first single of which Las Vegas band, one of the most popular in the world in the past decade. Yeah. Formed on Christmas Day, 1975, which East London hard rock band took their name from a medieval torture device? Yeah. In 2005, a reality TV series helped which Australian band find a new lead singer eight years after the death of Michael Hutchence? Incubus. Incorrect. Formed by three Cincinnati siblings in the 1950s, which group is now in its 70th year performing hits like Shout and It's Your Thing? Yeah. It, it's Time was the first single of which Las Vegas band, one of the most popular in the world in the past decade? Oh, we got the first one. I thought we were going to be on a roll there with Joe, but yeah. just the one point there on It Was a Good Day by Ice Cube. Here are the other answers before we bring Woods in. Uh, it's Time is Imagine Dragons. Iron Maiden is the band named after the torture device. In Excess, Michael Hutchence uh, is that one. And the Isley Brothers is Shout and It's Your Thing. So let's bring Woods back in. I don't have a lot of hope for Joe on this one, but stay on the line just in case. You never, you never know. know. You never know. You never know. Woods doesn't get the category. Might be a tough one to figure out today. Right, 38 special. Reset the 60 <laughs> seconds on the clock. Your time begins when Paul plays the music. Good luck, Woods. Let's take on Joe. Break
3: today was a good day. Ice Cube.
2: Correct. It's Time was the first single of which Las Vegas band, one of the most popular in the world in the past decade.
3: It's Time? Um, pass.
2: Formed on Christmas Day 1975, which East London hard rock band took their name from a medieval torture device? Iron Maiden. Correct. In 2005, reality TV helped which Australian band find a new lead singer eight years after the death of Michael Hutchins? In excess. Correct. Formed by three Cincinnati siblings in the 1950s, which group is now in its 70th year performing hits like Shout and It's Your Thing?
3: It's your thing. Do what you want to do. Crap. (laughs) I have no idea what the category is. None. Uh,
2: Isley Brothers? Correct. It's Time was the first (laughs) single of which Las Vegas band, one of the most popular in the world in the past decade.
3: It's Time. Uh, Vegas. This is not the killer's.
2: The chain smokers. No. <laughs> Four out of five of those that went today. <laughs> you had Ice Cube, Iron Maiden in Excess, Isley Brothers, and Uh I Thunder. Him. The Thunder.
4: Oh in God, in Imagine, Imagine Dragons. Dragons. <laughs> yeah, I bands right thunder? there.
2: Uh, Joe, thunder. Joe, thank you for playing today, but uh, Get the no thunder. one qualifying yet. Was
3: Whew. a good game? Was a good game? In the Thunder? <laughs> It's not a your favorite, right? you
4: lasagna?
2: <laughs> a little radioactive for you. All right, uh, all right, we'll try again tomorrow and see if someone can qualify for that getaway for 38th special. I'm back on a in winning streak, and it feels good. You were very excited to tease our Don't Do This segment coming up next. Well, listen, it may be spring
3: training for all the players out there, but our umpires are in mid-season form. I have got... An absolute banger for you guys from uh, from the Grapefruit League. From our friend Katie Wu, by the way, wrote this story. I did a deep dive on it. It's unbelievable. And
2: I have got a baseball mystery worthy of Sherlock Holmes from our friend Stephanie Epstein that is going to be fascinating that also involves Fernando Tatis Jr. Ooh. So got a couple of good don't-do-this stories coming up next After a check of traffic, we'll be right back with more Bennett Woods on 97.3 The Fan.
1: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Don't do this.
4: It's time for Don't Do This. What were you thinking?
2: Just a reminder, Our guests on Ben and Woods appear on the premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall Chevrolet. Find new roads. We never have a shortage of don't do this nominees on a Monday. No. Get all Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to basically do something stupid and make the radio. So sometimes we have to leave out some worthy, worthy Choices and I feel like that's the case today. Yeah, but we went with two stories that I think we both just kind of enjoyed.
3: I, I enjoyed this very much. Katie Wu, our beloved, wrote this story for the Athletic. She covers the St. Louis Cardinals, and uh, here we go. It's spring training, and it's already time for the ump show. The ump it was like game two. It's like game one or two. Uh, it was no, it was their first one. St. Louis Cardinals officially kicked off their spring training season on Saturday afternoon against the Washington Nationals. But the biggest controversy came before one single pitch could be thrown. Now, Cardinals manager Ollie Marmol, who I like very much, by the way. I like that guy. have heard great things about him. Uh, Knows what he's doing. The players really respect him. Goes out to um, home plate. They do this before a game. And, all right, let's look at the dimensions. Okay, if it goes here, blah, blah, blah. So standing at the plate was umpire Ron Culpa, Angel Hernandez, Carlos Torres, and C.B. Buckner. So you might think, oh man, I heard I heard the name that always leads to controversy, Angel Hernandez. Oh no, oh no, this
2: is a CB Buckner story. By the way, if that's a crew, uh, that's the one you, yeah, it's the one not, you do not want to get.
3: <laughs> so Marmol walks up, sticks his hand out, shakes the guy's hands, puts his hand out for CB Buckner. Buckner declined to shake his hand. So you go back to, Katie did a great job, man. Put this together. Found the video that happened uh, in August of 22. Guys, it was a pitch inside that was called a strike by CB Buckner. He got chirped by Marmol. He rips his mask off. Walks over. You're gone. So Marmol comes out. They go toe-to-toe, as we've seen a billion times in baseball. Buckner stands there, and he's got this smirk on his face. Now, remember, at the time, Ali Marmol was a rookie manager. And apparently CB said something to him about your time in the league. Like, hey, new guy, settle down. And Marmol said, you know
2: what? I I think Marmol said to CB Buckner, your time in the league is over. Like, your time in the league needs to be over. Like, get CB Buckner. And and CB came back to him and said... You're just barely here. You it's need- the other way around. Oh, it is? CB
3: okay. said, basically, you don't have much time in this league. And he said, well, your time in this league needs to be over. Okay. Huh. So he runs him from the game. It's a contentious argument. It happens between managers and umpires. So this is the first time they'd, they'd met since that happened. So he walks up and just extends his hand. Hey, how are we doing? Like, everyone's been in arguments, you know, in the heat of battle. And you come back. What's up, dude? Everything's fine. Well, so he goes and tells the media, he goes, I went to shake his hand. He did not extend his I went into that game pretty certain about my thoughts on him as an umpire. They weren't very good. It just shows his lack of class as a man. That's the bottom line. I don't think he's good at his job, and I just think it shows a lack of class as a man. That's my thoughts on it. Um, So he would not shake his hand. And, uh, yeah, I thought, again, CB Buckner's job is to call balls and strikes, manage the game as best he can. What you're doing when you do that is you're escalating a situation. A situation is now escalated. If he sticks his hand out and says, hey, how you doing, Ollie? You know how many people's hands I shake I don't even like? You have to do it. You just do it for business. Hey, how you doing? All right. Let's keep it going. And uh, now, here we go. It's about CB Buckner. It's about the umpires instead of the actual.
2: You game. know, I heard uh, Jesse and Tony talking about this weekend, and they suggested, and it was interesting, that we all just automatically blame the umpire in a situation like this. And it's true. We do. I mean, we just assume that it's the umpire's fault and not at all Ollie Marmol's fault. And I don't. I don't exactly know, but I do feel like it's important for the umpire. Part of their job is to make peace then at the end. Yeah. Once once it's been done, the game is over. You may have had the, you may have thrown the guy out. He may have called you every bad name in the book. He MF'd you to death. That's that's part of the job, is you take that and then the next day you come back and And you be a pro. All is forgiven and you shake hands and you call a fair game the next day. And just the, the act of not shaking a manager's hand calls into question. The umpire's objectivity. Oh, by the way, the
3: other three umpires in the crew all went to Ollie and apologized for their compatriots' behavior. That's when you know you screwed up. I would
2: not want to give off the appearance that, you know, I favored one side or the other. I didn't like one side more than the other just by not shaking someone's hand. I think it's a really bad look for an umpire not to just do that. garbage, man. Keep your feelings to yourself and be a professional in that situation, all right. My story comes from another of our friends, uh, Stephanie Epstein from Sports Illustrated. Just posted this morning under the title "The Great MLB Jersey Caper." Uh, it's a great story. If you want to check it out, the uh, headline on the daily cover is "No Shirt, Sherlock." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet you love that. <laughs> Which was that is right up your clever. alley. No shirt, I'll, Sherlock. I'll skip ahead a little bit because one of the. Uh, the first parts of where this mystery became noticed came out of the San Diego Padres clubhouse it said San Diego's equipment manager, Spencer Dahlen was putting out a small fire. The Padres were in Anaheim. This is from the, uh, this is from, I believe the 2020 pandemic season. So this is a couple of years ago. Padres were in Anaheim five games into a nine game road trip that had begun in Denver. They had worn only their pinstriped road jerseys so far. So Dahlen hadn't noticed that shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr. was missing his brown road number 23. With the Padres slated to wear those brown uniforms September 3rd, now Tatis had a problem. Soon, Dallin would realize that Tatis was also missing a home jersey, which he'd brought along to trade with another player. Just as Dallin made this discovery, um, the guy who was looking into this called to ask whether the Padres had lost anything in Denver. So they, they found with a couple of teams, the Giants, the Dodgers... Just a couple of jerseys missing here and there out of especially these National League West teams. And eventually they traced it all back to Colorado in a road trip. They all went missing when they went to Colorado. So what's the first inclination? Someone in the
3: clubhouse stole all their jerseys. That's
2: mine. Oh, Dick
3: Manfart. Bought them to sell them on eBay to players, so, which <laughs> yeah. we
2: know he wouldn't do. So they um, they looked back. They had security footage outside of the locker rooms to try to see if there was anything suspicious. They saw like a security woman go in with a backpack and come out, and and they questioned her, but she said she didn't do it. They believed her. You know, they just they were at a complete dead end. And then a few weeks later, they found one of the jerseys, uh, one of the Tatis jerseys, on eBay being sold. And they, they had an investigator. They actually tell. I didn't realize this, but pinstripe jerseys in particular are like thumbprints because where the pinstripes like hit the number and everything Ooh. is all slightly unique. So he was able to authenticate this is indeed the real Tatis jersey that was taken sometime during that road trip, presumably in Denver. So they went to the person selling it. Uh, That person said, well, I bought it from someone else intending to sell it, you know, at a profit. And this is is the information. It was on from a Facebook sale. They went to the Facebook site. So this is, I mean, this is an in-depth investigation. Very many steps. And they found a name that went with that Facebook account. And then they went to the pictures and they saw he was an employee at Denver International Airport. Wow. And he worked at the charter plane oh terminal where the major league God. teams went through and apparently this guy had been so what his what he had done was he would wear tight compression pants and then really loose sweatpants over them and when he had a moment usually you know, he would remove luggage from the plane so he'd be in the belly of the plane like tossing stuff out And when no one was looking he just open a bag quickly Look for something, grab it like ooh, Tatiste on the side of that bag. Grab a jersey or something, Shove stuff it pants. down his compression pants yep. so no one would really notice because it was the sweats were baggy. Just walk out of the walk out of the airport with it, and wow. then he'd have some memorabilia mm. for himself. Uh, so they tracked him down, arrested him. He eventually uh, pled guilty. He served a, a year probation. Really, he actually, seemed like he felt really bad about it, yep. but was kind of low on money and wanted to sell something and saw the opportunity. Um, and they figured out who was taking these jerseys from uh, major league baseball, especially National League West teams now, in Denver.
3: If he were just a fan and just wanted to collect them, probably,
2: probably would have never been caught. Perfect crime. Yeah, yeah I mean yeah, like they hadn't tried to sell it on eBay, they yeah. probably
3: never would have figured it out. <laughs> He's just walking around in a authentic Fernando Tatis jersey. <laughs> uh and then of course everyone's like, Oh man, you forgot Fernando's jersey. Like, how could you forget Fernando's jersey, man? <laughs> that guy's probably a nervous wreck about it. <laughs> Good Lord. So, uh, yeah, if
2: you want to watch, uh, read the story, it's up uh, sportsillustratedsi.com from uh, Stephanie Epstein today. It's their daily cover story.
3: No shirt, Sherlock. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and then for do do this today. D-D
4: mega doo-doo.
3: I just wanted to put this in because, well, it's funny. We Fun. love flubs. We love flubs. And this is an interesting flub from, I believe it was Keith Hernandez. Many said it was Ron Darling, but Met fans waited and said, "Oh no, they do sound the same." This was Keith, and Keith does this a lot. They were playing against the uh, Miami Marlins, our beloved Miami Marlins, and uh, this happened.
2: Uh, Chaz is gonna, uh, Chisholm is going to Chism is going to start in
3: center field. It's it's Jazz Chism. Uh, Chaz is gonna, nope. uh, Chisholm
4: is going to Chism is going to start in the, center field.
3: Keith Jazz. Chisholm. Chaz Jism. No. One more time. Try one more time. Try to get it this time. Chaz Jism. No, uh, God. Chaz all, (laughs) Of all the things you could say. I've
2: done a lot of flubs in my life, oh. I'm going to try to avoid...
3: Rug gee is... I was saying it to myself <laughs> yesterday. Rub-gy. I was driving home from the grocery I store. I was
2: watching yesterday some rub, rub- Rub-Gee G- with my son. Six-year history of Major League Rub-Gee. rub <laughs> I
3: got out of my car, and I said out loud, with groceries in the head, I go, rub And I just started <laughs> laughing, walking into my house in the pouring rain. <laughs> rub But But uh, Chaz... Is a, is Chaz Jism. Jism. Yeah. That's the not
2: wise. Chaz is a common shortening of the word the named Charles. Yeah. There's dude. Chuck. There's Charlie. There's Chaz. That, that is the first name. Ch- yes. Jazz is a more uncommon first Which name. Which is a great name. I, like, I wish I would have named one of my kids Jazz. What a great. <laughs> but jazz Chis- Woods. Chisholm is a fairly common last name. Not right. Not completely common. But When you mix the two together. Yeah. Chaz oh, Jizzum. No. <laughs> Chaz
3: Jism is not what you want.
2: That's don't. <laughs> And do do this for a man day. Chaz Jism.
4: That was Don't Do This with Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. All
2: right, we got our first taste of baseball in the year 2023. Pitch clock era underway. If you ever wanted to
3: know what it feels like to take an Adderall, just go watch a new baseball game. Holy
2: crap. All right, we'll get into that coming up next with Ben and Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Now we're talking a little basketball during the break. Woods didn't uh, didn't participate in our discussion of Damian Lillard's seventy one point performance. That's a nice night yesterday, for that young man. We will at some point get into the Aztecs Woo! on Saturday. <sighs> And their win at New Mexico—that was stressful. <laughs> and Watched dramatic. the entire game. Thank you very, very much. Ex- and it was very exciting conclusion. <sighs> Shouldn't have ever gotten to that point, but wow. hey, it's Aztecs basketball, and they always like to make it as that was interesting. Stressful yeah. as possible. Yeah, stressful and end. interesting.
3: <laughs> I'm inter- Yeah, I'm interested to talk about that because there were some things I saw that uh, really going to shed some
2: light. On this Aztecs team, Ben. Yeah, we're at uh, less than two weeks from Selection Sunday now. Amazing. Yeah, NCAA tournament is right around the corner, which Which also also means which also drops drops. tournament is also right around the corner. Somebody tweeted us either
3: when is that? I said, bro, it's coming up. Tournament of Drops is one of my favorite moments of the year. None, none will be more hotly contested than this year's. None in in our history. This one's going to be. I I mean, our, our Selection Sunday ourselves is going to be.
1: Out. Is it extra sweet because this is against the Dodgers? I mean, one good God. seed, right there. It's
2: a one Did seed. A oh, Seems like a one seed. Did you catch a game last oh, night? My oh, goodness dude. gracious! You could have an entire bracket read. <laughs> have you tried the lasagna? It's
3: Literally, my favorite. We're dead. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, you guys will decide.
4: The bracketologists, I I do not envy their job. No, no, set, no, no, kidding. The, it's Ben. Field.
3: Yeah. Ben yeah. sets <laughs> sets up the field. He loves to do it. It's his favorite. It's his, thing his favorite yeah. part Entire of the year. <laughs> year. He loves to do it. But you have your work cut out. You like me need, need to do some algorithms or something. I don't know. It's yeah, gonna it's, be tough. Uh,
2: it actually uh, scratches that itch. If there's like, if I didn't do this, one thing I would have loved to have done would be one of those like conference commissioners that get to do the actual ncaa selection they hole up in a hotel room for five or six days and you know put the different teams on the different lines until they finally reveal the the bracket on that sunday
3: i can't think of anything i would want to do that's what's
2: (laughs) in oh man 16 seed. that's a 16 seed. playing i think we (laughs) only we only do 32 usually so we only have one through eight seeds in each, each bracket but uh yeah we will be working on that soon and Come out with our Tournament of Drops field in the next uh, oh, couple it's of be weeks. so hard.
3: So hard. Can't yeah, wait for, for it. For
2: sure. Man. This hour on Bennett Woods brought to you by Bob's Discount Furniture. So we'll start that two weeks from today then, yeah? I would think, yeah. yeah. So, yeah once Two the, weeks Once from the today. field is out for yeah. the NCAA tournament, usually that's when the field comes out for the tournament of drops as well. Break out the
4: calendars. Usually we'll sync it up a little bit. Yeah,
2: I love it. Bob's home of the world-famous pedic mattresses with all the comfort and quality of a national mattress brand for half the price. No matter your budget, there is a bob pedic memory foam hybrid or hybrid plus mattress for you. Check them out at mybobs.com. We're going to check out uh, the impact of the pitch clock on the early spring training games after this check of traffic on 97.3 The Fan. Is it fair to say that uh, it was at least a a shock to the system for baseball fans to watch spring training games this weekend and the pace at which they were conducted?
3: Correct. Yeah, the Game 1 in particular was a true, true shock to the system. And many uh, of our our audience out there, they've been to minor league games. They've seen this in action. Uh, And they all say to a man or woman, hey, once you get used to it, You know, you're not you're not going to notice. And and that's fine. I can get behind that. And I may surprise some people with how I felt about it today. Uh, Typically, as the guy on the show that bitches the most because he has to stay up late and do anything because I I need my rest to, to, you know, be at my best for this radio program. Some of those games that drag on till 10.30, 11 o'clock at night on a Wednesday are tough and, and really can screw up your week. Watch a Sunday night baseball with the Padres in it. It, it wraps up at 11. You know, you got to get up at 3.30 in the morning, come in and do a show. It's tough. Um, that being said, I, so far, I watched all three Padres games this weekend. So far, I'm not the world's biggest fan of it. I'm not. I saw the times. Now, yesterday's was a little different. Because of the offensive output, I don't know what the final tally on yesterday's game was, but I it, think it was the first one that went over three over hours. three hours. Yeah. Uh, the first game when Nick Martinez on the bump, I mean, it was like watching someone on speed. It was truly, truly like methamphetamine baseball, uh, and it was weird to me. So really? it was wild. I was <laughs> not used to it. I was there in person. I saw it. It was. It was get the ball throw get the ball throw get the ball throw get the ball throw get the ball throw. You had Manny get banged. This is the first guy ever to get banged for not looking up at a pitcher? I think there's some. I think there's some tweaks that need to be made. I don't know if they're going to be tweaking anything. That's the thing is I I've seen a lot of suggestions about well add five seconds okay fine I'm in add ten seconds great no problem. I don't Do you know that if you added ten that.
2: seconds to every pitch, you would be adding sixty-six minutes Correct. on average to a game.
3: If you went the whole time. If but you yeah. went the whole
2: time, but yeah. you know, the, theoretically you add ten seconds, you add over an hour so, to the game time.
3: I watched the um I watched the White Sox broadcast the other day, and they put up an interesting graf- graphic. So interesting that I screenshotted it from the TV. And it said pitch timer, minor league data, nine inning game. In twenty twenty two, time of game two thirty eight uh, in 2021, it was 3.03, so you're shaving a ton of of minutes off the game. Runs per game, though, about the same, 5.13 to 5.11. Batting average, 2.49 to 2.47. Home run, 2.7 to 2.8. Strikeout, 24.4 to 25.4. It doesn't change the outcome of the game very much uh, as far as, oh, it's going to be more more runs scored. There is more action, though. I will give you that. If it's more action that you were looking for, I think they've delivered on that.
2: I think um, I think for the most part, I liked it, especially watching on television. I liked it. Because I, I when you're at the game, I don't mind as much the leisurely pace. And, you know, you're absorbing the, the sounds and sights of the ballpark. And you're talking to the person next to you. And it's part of the experience that you wait a little bit in between pitches but I did find when I was at home and watching the game on my couch, it, I felt it was a much better experience because what do you do in between pitches when you're at home? You you get distracted very easily. You're either on your phone or eh, I should run and switch the laundry. Or do do I actually got engaged in the game a lot more watching at home because they were getting the ball and throwing the ball, and I really I really enjoyed that, and I thought it was a better superior form of baseball from your living room and again and, and by the way what is it 99 percent of people who are watching games are probably doing show from their living room and not at the ballpark.
3: i'm i'm yeah i mean it, it was just it felt too rushed uh to me and and obviously you saw what happened between the red sox and the orioles guardians it? maybe Maybe I can't guardians remember. Braves. Braves. Braves.
2: Red Sox and Braves. Red Sox
3: and Braves. Guys in the box and head kind of down, shuffling his feet, and bases are loaded. Game over. You weren't looking up in time. Full count. Bases loaded. What What was that? This game's over. So, again, just to, to drive this point home, umpires were told to use this to the letter of the law in spring training, right? To pound it home because it's spring training. These get, you didn't see manage, a manager, you know, you didn't see uh, uh, who's the manager for the freaking Braves, Brian Snitker, waddle out there and 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 kick dirt on the umpire because it's a spring training game. They don't really care. Those guys were probably elated that it was
2: over. Um, By and, the way, had it been a re- regular game, it would have gone to extra innings because it was tied. Right, six, yeah, was tied, six But right. they just ended it there in a 6-6 six, six tie. Yep. So they have been told to hammer
3: it home. So here's the thing, though, Benny. Let's just say that was... A regular season game. Or a
2: playoff game.
3: Or a playoff game. Are the umpires going... Are we now going to give the umpires, who already like to make it about themselves, are we going to give them more discretion? Is there going to be discretion? Are they now NBA referees where they could say, ah... might have been a foul in the first, but it's not a foul in the fourth. Are, are we going to do that? Because that, in and of itself. Like he pitched at 21 seconds, not 20. Yeah, but, but like. Was, it
4: was close. Uh,
3: he was looking up. He was maybe a second late see that when he was looking game's up. Like, oh, like, oh, Almost yeah, yeah. the yeah. game. Oh, he Play got clock. the snap off like two so seconds late. What we're talking about here, and we love to talk about this. Jesse loves to talk about this. Ben loves to talk about this. The spirit of the rule. The spirit of a guy sliding in a second, clearly safe, popping up, his foot's off the bag for a split second, and they tag him out, oh, you're out. That's not what the spirit of replay means. So is the spirit of this rule, are we now going to give umpires discretion to call the spirit of the game rules? Because that's a problem for me.
2: I I think no one wants an important pennant race game or playoff game decided by a walk-off violation of the pitch clock. So I think I think even Major League Baseball would agree that would be a very bad look. I think they're hoping that you know if we enforce it in spring training, it's going to become so second nature to players and pitchers that by the time they get three or four months into the season, you're never going to see a violation again. It's just going to be the way baseball is played, and the pitch clock will dissolve basically into the background of nothing and will be an almost unused portion of the game. However, I do feel like that an adjustment is probably warranted. And my suggestion would be in the ninth inning or maybe even in the eighth and the ninth inning, you know, depending, you can tweak it a little bit, but either add add time to the clock or eliminate the clock entirely. If the game is within, say, four runs in the ninth inning, the, you know, if the bases are loaded and it's a, a one run game and there's two outs in the ninth inning and the count is full, no one, no baseball fans, no baseball players mind a little dramatic pause, <laughs> you know, for what's going on there. You know, pitcher just needs a, another second, a beat or two to, you know, catch their breath and focus in. The batter, the same thing. That's when maybe, you know, stepping out and adjusting your gloves should be okay at that point when everything is on the line. I don't want to see that in the first and third and fourth innings of spring training games. So that part of me loves the new rules. The argument against it certainly is, hey, you know
3: the rules. Be ready. Be ready. And I think they will be. I think they will be as well. I think there are going to be outliers that are not going to be the kid from Cleveland. uh, Korinczak or however you say his name, he's going to have a hard time. Uh, Manny, Manny said he goes. I'm, I'm probably going to be down zero one a lot this year, uh, but that's not what you want. You don't want that if you're Manny Machado. You want to go up there with an 0-1 count just because you're trying to get ready. And
2: and um, I don't know. I think. But if you make no adjustments at all, and the rule remains fifteen seconds, twenty seconds until Game Seven of the World Series, you are theoretically. Putting an umpire in a really big decision moment if you know, it comes down to the well, end. And it's the thing of that, striking out a guy or walking a guy with the bases loaded when a pitch doesn't even happen to decide maybe the world championship at the end of the it's season. It's the thing that none
3: of us want is watching a clock in baseball. Nobody wants to watch a clock. You just don't. You don't want to be sitting there going 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Look up, Manny. Look up. Look up. Oh, God. Did he look up? Okay, he did 5, 4, 3. Two one.
2: I mean, my son suggested, and I think he's absolutely right because fans will do what they can do. You know how you know, like the show will count down the shot clock incorrectly to try to fool other teams. Will we see baseball crowds start to count down the the clock incorrectly to try to fool the opposing pitcher out on the mound? I don't want that in baseball.
3: Oh, they were talking about some of the things that they did in the minors. Uh, Steve Stone and his broadcast partner for the White Sox the other day. We're talking about some of the things that they did in the minor leagues to try to get in the pitcher's head as it pertained to the throw-overs, Uh, all of that, like, throw, throw, like, he's going, he's going. Like, there's a million different things with all these new rules. You're going to have to really be locked in as a fan and especially as a player and as an umpire. It's a lot, man. It's a lot.
2: Quick two hours in the books. Uh, We'll talk more about Manny's contract extension. We'll also take a trip out to Peoria for Sammy Spring Training. After spending a week out there with him, he will continue to join us. He did not get to leave like we did last Friday. He's still out there. So we'll get a live report on the scene coming up all ahead with Ben and
0: Woods on 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.